The Israelites don't know where they are going, if they'll get there, or when they might arrive. They are six weeks into what they do not know will be a 40-year pilgrimage of leaving the slavery of Egypt to the promised land. So if they arrived this year, they would have started in 1978. It is hot and sticky, and the emotional rush of a new adventure and leaving Egypt is eclipsed by the anxiety and moodiness that comes over our bodies when we have not eaten. There is no 24-hour grocery store nearby, and Google Maps is not working. They uh, cry out to Aaron and Moses. Now, Aaron and Moses are brothers, and it's new. They're new leaders. They've only been leaders for a very short time. And they say, why didn't God let us die in the comfort of Egypt, where there was lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? We have, may have been slaves, but at least we could eat. When God hears the Israelites complaining, he says to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread on you. And I will give every person enough for that day. And then Moses tells his brother Aaron to tell the people, draw near to God, God has heard you. When Aaron gives out the instructions to the whole company of Israel, they turn and face what some call the desert and other translations called the wilderness, the place with no map. And there, as they looked out in the wilderness, was God's glory seen in the cloud, as John talked about. God is saying, I hear you, I hear your complaining and your prayers, and while you are in the place with no map, not only will you feel the presence of God in a cloud, but in bread I give you every day to eat for that day. Now there are a lot of deserts and wilderness that we can name in our lives. There is a wilderness of what is my call or vocation or job. And in New York City, we know there is a wilderness of dating. <laughs> if you haven't tried it, I don't recommend it. There's no rule book in the Western society that makes sense and that doesn't have us complaining or wishing for a reliable guidebook. <laughs> and then the wilderness of relationships. As we seek to communicate with longtime partners or spouses, we both bring baggage with us and different expectations of what it means to love. There is the wilderness of raising children. I have no idea how to do that. There is the wilderness of once we have the job or the calling, there are times when coworkers or maybe even a supervisor might not see all of you. There's the wilderness of heartbreak, the wilderness of loneliness, the wilderness of despair or depression, wilderness when our bodies are sick and when our bodies are aging, wilderness of seeking to make enough money to pay the bills in this town. And then there are the wildness 
of injustices in our world that criminalize brown bodies who seek to immigrate to the U.S., brown bodies who are simply walking down the street with iced tea and Skittles or trying to buy cigarettes. And there is the wilderness of death. And in this passage, God is saying, in your wilderness, in your desert, I am going to show up each day and give you enough for that day. In my late teens and early 20s, my prayer to God was to meet strong women. I knew there'd be enough landmines and living, and I wanted some guides. And I can say, when I'm 40 and I look back, there are a group of women that I have called my circle of answered prayers. And I can name them for you. And these are the women who would hear me complain and talk about my wilderness for hours, for years. And I consider each of them bread from heaven that got me through each day. There are, they each are miracles I asked for and would end up being there for me time after time and sustain me. When the recession of 2008 or 2009 happened, I remember calling my longtime mentor, Giovanna, and um, the economy, of course, had dried up, and so had my job in documentary film. And I had so much shame about being on unemployment. And um, I said to Giovanna, you know, I was talking to her, and she interrupted me. And she said to me, oh, Christina. <laughs> This is a great opportunity. And I thought, this woman is insane. <laughs> she said to me, when are you going to have this abundance of time again? It won't last forever, so make it sacred. You can meditate and pray every morning. I had not yet done that in my life. <laughs> I had this rising anxiety in my body as the credit card debt steadily built because an unemployment check doesn't quite cover the rent and the health insurance and the transit and the food. And then there was that fear of what's the next job that I really didn't want to talk about. But these confluence of events, this place with no map, demanded that I hang out with God for my own sanity. So I can relate to the Israelites who look out into the wilderness because on those mornings, I was meditating and praying. I did a Martha Beck meditation on page 138 from one of her books every morning. <laughs> I know it by heart. And what that did is it made me feel interconnected to God and to every person. And so I couldn't not feel peace. And so I relate to what they are saying. I mean, a cloud, a, a cloud. Is, is the presence of God in this passage. But what the Israelites had to learn was the glory of God, which is how the cloud is described. They thought the glory in Egypt was wealth and prestige 
and power. But what they realized in the desert, in the wilderness of their lives, is that the dynamic relationship with God, that is where the glory lives. Ken Wilber, a prolific author, writes, authentic spirituality is revolutionary. It does not legitimate the world, it breaks the world. It does not console the world, it shatters it. And it does not render the self content. It renders the self undone. When we are on the spiritual path, we never expect to find peace in the world as it is, but we work for a more just place for all and seek to be God's presence each day, knowing that God will give us the bread, the nourishment we need each day, and we can allow ourselves to be undone at times because we are safe in God's arms. And we will be undone by the countless injustices that masquerade as laws on the books that have dismantled voting right laws, made it legal to stand your ground with guns and kill others in Florida. And the government separates families with no clear plans for reunification. My mentor, Giovanna, says the spiritual journey is not for the faint of heart. Not only does life give us wilderness places by living, but we are called as people of faith to step into the wilderness where we know there are no clear answers to work for the freedom for all. People of faith are willing to not know the answers because God will provide day by day. As we work for issues by racial, LGBT, economic, and gender justice, there is no map but a constant reminder and a reminder from our ancestors that I believe 40 years from now, in 2058, the generations after us will experience a different world because of you, because of the journeys you're taking on the wilderness. The last day I preached at Middle was January 21st, and that particular date is etched in my mind because of when I got home that day. And when I got home that day, I had two Facebook phone calls. No one has ever called me over Facebook before. And they were um, from my host brothers in Kenya. And I was an exchange student in Kenya 20 years ago. I've gone to Kenya four times over the last 20 years, and I recorded my host mother, whose name was Amina Bakari's life stories. So I would sit with her at night after the news had been on the air, and her children were all in bed. And I would sit facing the clock so she wouldn't know what time it was. And I would listen to her stories for hours, and I ended up writing them down and giving them back to her as a gift. So. I called Amadi back, and um, the all, they have never called me in 20 years, her sons. So I said, did Mama pass away? And she, he said yes. And I spent that evening, and I took the next day off work, because I could not come into work. And I just grieved. And I called all of my host, host sisters and brothers on the phone, and I talked to them all week. 
And you know, Jackie said, if you want to fly to Kenya, you can go. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fly to Kenya because Muslims bury their loved ones within 24 hours. So I didn't think I'd get there in time for the funeral. And um, I uh, let that grief kind of sit in my body unconsciously. And it was a couple months later, and Hershey Millette Stevens was leading, co-leading the spiritual retreat, and she invited us during the middle annual spiritual retreat to put something on the altar that we wanted God to hold. And what came out of my mouth was completely unrehearsed, and I was surprised I even said it. But I said, "I want to put Mama Amina Bakari on this altar," and um, I didn't have a picture of her, so I just, I just visualized. Putting her there and celebrating her, and the grief like that would just like pop up in moments where I didn't really expect it. But in May of this year, I was given the extreme, extreme blessing and privilege to have a one-month sabbatical. And I was halfway into the sabbatical, and I had a yoga teacher on sabbatical who was very gifted, and she could look at the class, and she could look at each person's body, and she could tell. The stories of their life by just how they moved, and she said to me privately one day, because I can't when you're when you're when you're sitting down, your legs are out. I can't. I couldn't bend to touch my toes, and she said to me, Christina, you are holding so much grief in your hips that you can't move. So she said, "I know you have this plan and you want to write every day, but I want you to take two days off and I want you to grieve." And so I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that was my assignment. And it was—I thought, "Oh, I'll go for a hike." It was like 90 degrees outside, and I took a nap. <laughs> I, it was, I wasn't going to go for a hike. But then, as the sun set, um, I asked my longtime partner Neil. Uh, we we drove to the grocery store, and I bought a dozen white roses for her. And we came back to the living room, and we restructured the living room to look just like Mama's living room did 20 years ago. And I sat where Mama would always sit, talking, next to the flowers and the candles I lit for her and thankfulness to God. And Neil sat diagonally from me. And I shared stories of Mama for about three hours, and I cried so hard <laughs> that I had this huge headache. I could hardly speak anymore. And rituals are where we see God, and sometimes we can't get to the ritual, and sometimes they're not created yet, so we have to create them. And when Jackie says you're all a minister, that means you are all a minister. So never say you cannot pray. Never say you cannot claim that God is in you and that every space you can make a ritual. <laughs> Rituals are bread, just as people are bread. And we're given those on a day-to-day -day basis, because God is guiding us. I know in my very bones that God answers and hears our prayers. 
She doesn't always answer or hear our prayers with the efficiency of a fast food drive through But sometimes we don't want to eat that kind of food either. This was 40 years in the desert. And it is also the story about the dynamic relationship on a day-to-day level that we have with God to feed us the real food. Some of us are in our wildernesses to seek some kind of new life, and other wildernesses are tied into the fabric of this society. When I uh, took my, when I was unemployed 10 years ago, I could not know that 10 years later that I would be living a vocation that uses all my gifts. And I wouldn't know then how important that time was to create other things. And we also know that all the Israelites who started the journey 40 years ago, so that would have been 1978 now, didn't make it to the promised land. But what they did was essential. Just like what you're doing is essential for racial and economic and LGBT and gender justice. Although we do not have a map for our lives or our world right now, we do have the stories of faith of those who have gone before us. Knowing generation after generation has faced their own wilderness, their own desert, and their faith and each other have sustained them. God is going to show up every day, every day, like bread from heaven. And I know this because you are the bread. You are the manna. You are the love that nourishes one another. Amen.